Our gospel reading today is from Luke chapter 1, the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Well, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In today's reading, there's a lot of talk about houses and names and kingdoms and thrones. Yahweh talks to King David about not only establishing his kingdom, but one that would last forever. I, th I think the notion of a kingdom can be tricky for American Christians to wrap our head around, right? Every four years, we elect someone to be our president. With a few exceptions in our, in our history line, this, this doesn't get handed down the family line. Even if we did, our country's only been around for 250 years. That's hardly forever, and that's hardly a kingdom. Now, I need, I need to make a disclaimer. I'm, I'm not a history buff. I was born in 1972, so I was born a few years after JFK's assassination and, and after his, his presidency. But I heard the stories, right? Everybody would talk about where they were on that day. And I knew in hearing about these things that his presidency was known as Camelot. Well, I was five days ago old when I learned that referring to Kennedy's presidency and, and, and his White House as Camelot was a little bit of revisionist history that Jackie Onassis added on just a few days after he had died. She, she told a reporter that, that they would listen to the soundtrack to the Broadway musical Camelot in the White House. And there was uh, the theme song, it had lyrics like this, it said, ask every person if he's heard the story and tell it strong and clear if he has not, that once there was a fleeting wisp of glory called Camelot, where once it never rained till after sundown, by 8 a.m. the morning fog had flown, and here's JFK's favorite lyric. Don't let it be forgot that once there was a spot for one brief shining moment 
that was Camelot. And that is how his presidency became known as Camelot, looking, looking at things from after his death, looking at things a little bit with rose-colored glasses, kind of lifting his presidency and lifting his, his White House to kind of mythical, idyllic state. But yet it was completely made up. You know, we know about the advances that he made and, and, and him being one of the youngest presidents uh, at that time and, and, and he was cutting edge and sent men to the moon. But it wasn't all good that came out of Kennedy's presidency. We know about the stories about what went on in back rooms with Frank Sinatra and, and other stars. And it's true that, that there was a kind of Kennedy dynasty at the time. In fact, people are, are still putting hope into Joe Kennedy III that, that maybe Camelot will be reborn. But we know how it all ended. We know the truth of what went on. It wasn't much of a kingdom, and it certainly wasn't forever. JFK's Camelot was inspired by a line from the musical Camelot. And the musical, of course, was inspired by the legends of King Arthur. King Arthur being a British king who may have, have reigned in the 5th or 6th century. You know, King Arthur of, of Excalibur. The knights of the round table, the quests that they would take. Merlin, the wizard, Guinevere, his wife. Lancelot, his friend. In fact, most historians don't believe that King Arthur ever existed at all. Most historians don't believe that Camelot really existed. Even if they did, even if they did, the stories that we get from, from King Arthur's lore are as rife with drama and turmoil as JFK's reign. Camelot may or may not have been a kingdom at all, and it too certainly wasn't forever. A kingdom forever? We do have, have current and historical references for real kingdoms that last a real long time. You know, we know in our history that, that the United States of America was born out of a struggle with the British monarchy. Japan currently has the longest running continuous dynastic reign. It started in 660 B.C., and it is still going on today, nearly 2,700 years of the dynasty, the same family reigning. And that's a long, long time. But it's not forever. Bulgaria had a very long dynastic reign, which is no longer. The House of Dulo, it, it reigned from, from 2137 B.C., until 753 A.D., 2,890 years of its dynasty reigning. Definitely kingdoms, definitely a long time, but not forever. In our reading today, we, we, we have King David, and we know that King David wasn't, wasn't Israel's first king. That king was Saul. But we're told that God left Saul 
and instead appointed David to be king. David who would unite the 12 tribes of Israel into one nation. David who would defeat Israel's surrounding enemies with the help of the Lord. David who would usher in some semblance of the ideal kingdom. In fact, the chapter just before our reading, David would bring the Ark of the Covenant from foreign lands into Jerusalem. And our reading begins by saying that David David builds his palace, his palace of cedar, and he settles in. And and while he's settling into his his home, his, his palace, he begins to feel a little bit bad that he has an amazing house. But Yahweh... The Ark of the Covenant is in a tent. I'll build a house. I'll build a temple for Yahweh, David says. And Yahweh replies to him, Oh, my servant. Oh, my prince. I brought you from walking behind the flock to leading my flock, Israel. Never once since I brought Israel out of slavery in Egypt did I ask for a house. I like the camping life. I don't mind living in a tent. But you want to build me a house? Yahweh says, I'm going to build you a house. Now, wait a minute. Didn't, didn't we just hear that, that David is getting settled into his house? Why does Yahweh need to build David a house when he already has one? God promises that he will make David's name great, as great as the greatest men on earth. And then he tells him that he will establish a forever house, a forever dynasty, a forever kingdom for his servant David. You want to build me a house, David? But it will be your offspring who will do it. And we know that, that Solomon, who, who is not yet born in the story, Solomon will be the one who will build the temple, the temple of splendor for Yahweh. And we also know that Solomon's reign didn't end with the splendor that it began with. God says, you want to build me a house, but I'm going to build a forever house from your offspring. I will establish your kingdom forever. I will establish the throne of his kingdom, your offspring's kingdom, forever. We know through Scripture that there were good kings from David's offspring, Josiah, Hezekiah, just to name two. But there were definitely way more horrible kings from David's offspring than there were good kings from David's offspring. And in fact, we know that that David's dynasty lasted 412 years. The palace destroyed. The temple destroyed. 412 years. What about David's forever kingdom that Yahweh promised him? Now, 412 years is a whole lot longer than, than the USA's kingdom, right? But 412 years pales in comparison to Japan's kingdom. In fact, 412 years doesn't even get David's dynasty into the top 10. What about the forever kingdom? What if the forever kingdom 
that Yahweh was promising David was bigger than anything David could imagine. What if the house that Yahweh would establish, the dynasty, the throne, was greater than any house, any dynasty, any throne on earth? What if the forever kingdom dwarfed any other kingdom that had ever existed? And 2,800 years is a long time, but it's not forever. Yahweh is saying something else to King David here. Yahweh's promise of a forever kingdom, of David's offspring building Yahweh a temple, of David's forever throne, it was fulfilled in part by Solomon. But clearly, not completely. What if that wasn't the only thing that Yahweh was promising? This time of year, we, we pull out a lot of words from the prophets. And, and here's a great one that, that should sound familiar from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Isaiah echoes the promises that Yahweh made to David, but we know that David's throne will be toppled. And soon after, Isaiah had written those words. Another familiar prophecy from Isaiah 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. It seems as if Isaiah is speaking of something miraculous that would happen. Something, something miraculous that would come after David's father, Jesse, after, after Jesse's tree, which is David's line, was cut down. Cut down and left all but dead. This shouldn't have come as a surprise to Solomon or any of the prophets for that matter, in 1 Kings 11, the Lord says to Solomon, he says, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you. Nevertheless, for the sake of David, your father, I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, from, from your offspring, but will leave one tribe for the sake of David, for the sake of Jerusalem. After the 412 years of, of David's dynasty was toppled by the Babylonians, David's tribe, Judah, would be taken into exile. David's tribe wouldn't reign again in Israel. But David's line was not destroyed. Yahweh's promise of a forever kingdom was the promise of a greater David who would come from his line, one who would reign forever over not only Israel, but over all people. So when God speaks to the, the offspring of David, he's speaking to the offspring of Jesse and the offspring of Ruth and Boaz, the offspring of Judah, the offspring of Jacob and, and Isaac and Abraham the offspring of Noah, the offspring of Eve, the very offspring who would be born in enmity with the serpent, the serpent who made 
all of us sinners. All of us with our kingdoms toppled down. Eve's very offspring who would crush the serpent's head. The very offspring that Gabriel would promise to marry would be the son of the Most High. The very offspring who Gabriel promised God would give the throne of his father David, whose kingdom would have no end. The one born Jesus at Christmas would bring the promised forever kingdom. A kingdom of greater power, a kingdom of greater grace, a kingdom of greater glory than David's kingdom or any other kingdom on earth had ever known. A kingdom that not only began at the birth of Jesus and and the kingdom that was ushered in at his death and resurrection and the kingdom that will come in fullness when he returns, But this kingdom that Jesus brings, this forever kingdom, this kingdom that came from Bethlehem, from Judah, the prophet Micah says, his origins are from of old. From eternity to eternity, long before before David was even born, long before Adam and Eve sinned, long before anything was created, God had ordained that his son, would be the forever king in the forever kingdom. That is the forever kingdom that Yahweh has promised. That is the forever kingdom that you and I have been made part of by our baptisms and that you and I get up to be a part in because of our baptism. This forever kingdom. And hear these words from Revelation, words that you will probably recognize from the Hallelujah Chorus. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. A forever kingdom. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for making this promise in Jesus long before any of us were around, long before you created the world. And we thank you for bringing the promise, fulfilling the promise you made to David long ago of fulfilling that promise through your son Jesus. As we prepare our hearts to receive him on Christmas Day, help us to remember that he is our king. He is our king forever, that we live and, and, and we have our being inside of his kingdom. Wherever his action is, his kingdom is. Wherever his action is, we the church are a part of. Help us to take hold of that part of the kingdom now. Always looking for the time when his kingdom will come in its fullness. Forever and ever. Amen.